Hey guys, welcome back to the Well Said podcast again, and we are back to talk about what it means to follow Jesus in a post-Christian culture. Uh, today is kind of a special day for me and my wife. It is our seven-year anniversary, yeah. December 16th. Seven years. I feel like That's we're in the number. middle of Christmas season, and I'm like, we got married really close to Christmas. Yeah, it was <laughs> an inconvenience. We, we, like, weren't, we weren't thinking about Christmas. It's okay. We were like... We were thinking about getting married. Yeah. But we didn't have much choice. You were in nursing school, so that was kind of our it was our only, only shot weekend i was in school and we were like who cares sorry that it's an inconvenience people but we are making a wedding in the middle of december yeah because we want to get married it was like a week a week and a half away from christmas yeah we were on our honeymoon on christmas yep yeah it was fun that was great i think it even snowed a little bit on our wedding when we were driving home it was like slushing or a something. little bit yeah. yeah not today though no slush today no snow yeah but seven years feels like a big number for us. It does. Although, like, there's a lot of people around us, like our sibling or yeah, our siblings, who are like ten, twelve years. Going on I was talking to my sister, years. and she was like, "Yeah, twelve years last week or something like that." So that seems more. Seven years to them may not be a lot, but whoever you guys are, seven years for us, seven years seems like a bigger number. We're getting close to ten. Yeah. And it's been a crazy, awesome journey. But just to think about the last seven years. You know, you you finished nursing school, became a nurse. We bought a house, had two kids, sold it, bought another house. Started seminary. Started seminary, became a pastor. Finished a bachelor's degree and started a master's degree. Yeah, and um, third baby on the way. I think that one thing that I'm surprised as I'm just thinking right now um, is that, you know, after seven years of arguing and loving and not arguing and getting to know each other and building life together and doing all the craziness of life. Yeah. Um, you'd think that marriage kind of falls into this um, routine. I don't want to use the word boring, but that's kind of the popular mm -hmm. assumption of today. Right. That you get into your, you know, family years, you got kids, you get your home and your career settled and in comes the like the boring season mm -hmm. and when I think of marriage in our relationship it's nothing not, not even close like it seems like every year is peeling back new layers of interesting exciting surprising levels of this really of our relationship yeah. like you know what I'm saying? Like it. Yeah, for sure. It, which is surprising to me because I, I would think that by now I'd have, I'd feel like I have it figured out. We know each other well enough that we. Or know have how you to, figured out? Yeah. But we don't, and every new season, every new challenge is like a new, learning each each other's personality in a different way, and I think every new challenge presents that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it's never the same. It's never. Um, it's always uniquely exciting and fun. It's it it's just interesting because it feels new. Like marriage is an ongoing new journey. Yeah. Like it's not it's nothing close to boring. Seven years in. Yeah. And I feel like, as crazy as it is, we're we're discovering each other still constantly. Yeah. yeah. But also, it's not just because I think discovering each other 
is not a process of like, oh, here you are and here I am and we fall in love and get married and get to know each other. And it's just this like, I get to know you and that's it. Mm -hmm. The reality is we're both changing. We're both growing and we grow together in life, spiritually, physically, emotionally, psychologically, relationally. So as we are growing, we are changing. As we are changing, we are discovering each other and ourselves even. Yeah. You know, like that's what makes marriage so amazing and exciting. Yeah. It's not this static thing. It's like, oh, I got to know him. And and now uh, I know him. And and now I know him. And this is it. Life is static. Life is not static. You're always becoming somebody new. Right. And and so in a healthy marriage, I feel like we're becoming something new together. And that's what makes it so fun. And it makes it, uh, I think there's like a, I don't know what word I, I should use, a comfort to um a marriage commitment like a covenant together where this person is never gonna leave and you can depend on them and you whatever life whatever god sends you know that whatever version of yourself comes out maybe the ugliest version of yourself that you didn't even know you had right or the best strongest version of yourself like your spouse will be there for through it all yeah um, through the hardships and they will love you through it, even even in the hardest moments. I think that's such a comfort to know that we're evolving and changing and growing. And the person who is going to be with you is going to be there forever. Yeah. Until you die. Um, and that commitment component, it's not, it's not like, oh, I'm so committed to you and that's it. Like, I definitely, of course, I'm committed to you. But even that to me is not enough sh- solid ground for this commitment like the, the the beautiful thing in a gospel like when the gospel impacts and i think that's kind of what we're going to be talking about here in the next whatever 20 30 minutes is just like the work of the gospel in marriage and like mm-hmm. how, as you see it um you when the gospel is the foundation then you realize that you your marriage is anchored to something even deeper and more transcendent than yourself it's mm-hmm. god right so be so my own my marriage can only dissolve if my belief in god and his existence in my life can ex- dissolve so first that would need to go before yeah. this right yeah and that can't go because jesus is the very epicenter of who i am mm-hmm. so because my relationship with christ is the heart and soul of my very existence then my then I know that no matter what you know high mm-hmm. and low mm-hmm. your marriage is rooted to something transcendent and it's not like me like I'm so committed right. to you and that's yeah. it and it's like of course I'm committed to you but that's not even enough like I don't even trust myself right there's something bigger keeping us together yeah there's something greater that's tying us um and and sustaining us I think right and I think the world might you know people enter into marriage without Christ and they think well divorce is always kind of on the table i love him now but maybe years down the road or even christians who who understand divorce is sin or whatever right. but they they get into seasons of conflict and just tough marriage relationship and then mm-hmm. they think shoot this is how divorce starts but like to be in a gospel-centered marriage where christ you understand christ is keeping you together the word divorce doesn't even come into your head it's not a fear and that to divorce from marriage, a lot of fear. you'd have to divorce from Christ first. Yeah, and I, I think for me that just dissolves a lot of fear. Like even in the hardest moments, 
I don't have that thought like this is how it starts. This is how people end up getting divorced. I don't have that thought because it's not even a, it's not even a option. It's not, it's not even, even a category. Right. It's not even a category. But see, I think like just really to clarify to people who maybe have been through divorce or have experienced friends or family. Yeah. The thing I think what you don't want people to say when they look at your marriage is to be like, well, you guys are just so strong and so good and you guys are just so right for each other. That's yeah. why. The pressure for commitment the, the, is not from uh, you. It's mm-hmm. not from us. Mm-hmm. That I think like from a gospel perspective, that's a huge distinction. Like even, even if I um, was 100% committed to the bone Mm -hmm. but the question is life hits you hard and like do you trust yourself as the foundation of all your biggest commitment in life or do you trust your compatibility with your spouse some people think what do you lean on we're compatible or we're really good we're really good friends or i'm committed no matter what that's not ultimately yes that helps when struggles come but i don't think that's the the point where you rely on like oh well you guys are just compatible and you were a good match from the beginning right that's why you would never get divorced but it's like that's not quite true it's not what the bible teaches right even though that does impact you know of course compatibility is a factor all these things are factors right but but that depth of like i think in in an age today when marriages are in peril and like there's a cynicism about Mm -hmm. like endurance Mm -hmm. you you have to point when you have lasting amazing marriages that are just so exciting like i i I'm I'm more happy than I ever could have imagined. But at mm-hmm. the same time, when I say that, I, I don't want to say, look, I've built such a good marriage because right. it's not me. Like, yeah. the fact is we are all very weak, mm-hmm. weak people. We all are selfish, self-absorbed. You know, we all have darkness in our hearts, habits that are destructive to us and people around us. Mm-hmm. The source of power and in and commitment which like fuels energy into your marriage even in the midst of conflict mm-hmm. that source is christ so as as ironic as it is it's not about how committed you are to your marriage it's about how much you know christ right you know christ then you know he's the basis of your marriage mm-hmm. you know that no matter how bad of a conflict you're in mm-hmm does christ divorce you when you're not good Mm -hmm. no he loves you he has grace right if he has grace to lead you through all your darkness then he has grace to fuel your marriage through its darkness yeah that's really good he's the source yeah and when when we come to the point of saying marriage is so good we can say that it coming from a place of being burdened by our own weakness seeing how like seven years of marriage how much of like my sin has come out and i can stand here in god's grace and say what an amazing marriage god has built not we have built not right if it was up to us would be crumbling in in our sin but god does a work when you pursue him when you trust him when you worship him and honor him and seek to obey, obey him he does a work and he builds a marriage that is just so full of joy and so satisfying and amazing and i think when we say that about our relationship it's not our compatibility our communication skills our ability to understand one another even though those things are so important they ultimately, all factor in but ultimately they are it's tools, christ right who has done a work in our hearts separately and built something together 
Right. And I think that's a good foundation. That's why there's such a huge market, you know, in the Christian world, like Doug Wilson points out. He says, massive Christian market, Christian conferences, books about marriage, 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 is a marriage craze, and yet mm-hmm. there's still such terrible track record of marriage in the Christian community. Yeah. Why? Because you can you can make marriage an idol. Yeah. And your marriage will crumble because you care too much about your marriage. Right. You know? And a lot of people want good marriages. But they don't, but they want, to don't want to be good Christians. And yeah. they before they start pursuing marriage, they're all doing their own thing, not really honoring God, not seeking to obey him, not repenting of their sin, not turning from their evil ways. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're like, it's time to get married. And I, I want to see God's will. And all of a sudden they start caring about what God wants in a selfish way. And they enter into marriage wanting a godly marriage without being godly people. Yeah. And that that's never going to work. You're never going to be happy together unless you're pursuing God and living in a way that's honoring to him and I think that's something that we all need to grasp and understand yeah and I think like the reason that's so intensely necessary is because once you get married the first thing you learn is that um, you, you the depth of conflict and disagreement and um Sin. <laughs> Sin yeah. that fills your heart and the heart of your spouse is way more than you thought. Yeah, you think you're good until you get married. Like truly, you think you're a good Christian. I did. But yeah. then you get married and you realize how weak and how selfish you really are. Like honestly, Vitaly's uh, little spiel at my at our wedding, like it's, it was this haunting thing he said that I will probably rem- I'll remember it all my life. It was yeah. so funny because yeah. if Vitaly's listening, Vitaly Pilihate from down in Word of Grace in Vancouver, my brother, <laughs> he he said this very sobering um, thing at our wedding. He said, you, you, Andre, you think you have this figured out? You don't. Yeah. And it was like, Boom. I remember <laughs> listening and like a little shiver down my spine and think, come on, man. Like... Sounds it's too not sober. That bad. That's too bad. Yeah, we're still I, in La La Land. Basically, I basically I thought, yeah, 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 but I kind of do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, but then you get married and you start to just disagree over the dumbest things. Yeah. Like, you know, are we going to put this furniture, this item there or there? Or are we going to wash the dishes now or then? Or, or yeah. And, 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 and you realize. Toilet paper brands. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like as ridiculous as it sounds, I mean, it's just hilarious to think back. And the reason that these little conflicts become big, it's not about the thing. It's about your wounded pride in the Mm -hmm. process where you are, you are told by the one you love, no, you're wrong. And you're like, whoa, I am way more offended than I would have been if anybody else said that because you're, you're my lover. You're my uh, friend and and spouse and partner in life yeah. and you're telling me I'm wrong yeah. like that feels like betrayal the deepest yeah. kind of betrayal yeah like that's I remember being like, working through conflict in mm-hmm. our first early years yeah and feeling that deep sense of betrayal yeah <laughs> like 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 as if you don't love believe you in me or, or love yeah, me or something like you. that like yeah as as if how can I she probably sees me in such a low light and like we had not established that deep sense of trust that you get when you work through conflict yeah but your pride 
flares up when the person, because it's the person closest to you. And I think that people who are not married may think, well, no, like you love each other so much and you're like, you're friends and you're married. So it should be easy to work through conflict. No, it's actually way harder than with any other person because this person is closest to you and therefore has the biggest capacity to, to hurt, you. hurt you. Yeah, yeah. And I think things, you know, immediately from the first day, you are married things come up right away all of a sudden you're living together and doing things that you weren't used to your habits your daily routine that you were raised in different families and no matter how much you think you don't want to be like the family you're raised in or whatever whatever habits or things they've instilled in you you reject those things you're They're bringing still all the in baggage. you and there's gonna be things you're gonna defend like well my mom taught me to do it this way and your mom taught you to do it that way and i think it's better my way <laughs> we all show up with our family baggage we don't realize it though yeah you it's don't realize embedded in us because you grew up in your family or wherever you grew up before this you've never had to look at your own soul and life in this way right no one has looked at you this way yeah and now you all of a sudden realize whoa yeah our family did this or my parents said this or this is how I was treated and like boom, 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 like all this stuff to, like starts even, to come out. Even when you come from a place of like, I want to build from fresh. I don't want to bring anything from yeah, no, how I grew up. Right. Like I would really like to have our own thing going. I don't, I don't like a lot of the things that I, you know, the structure we had growing up. And so you're like, no, we're going to do it our different way that's it's naive to assume that it's not still going to come come in because yeah. there's so much there that so what do you, like what do you what do you think how do you feel like um what have you learned uh, about in conflict. our seven years about conflict um Resolution. you know fighting well working through our things because yeah we were again like this is i think probably we were just talking probably one of the top three components of uh, health marriage. and growth for us in our yeah, marriage has sure. been developing not just working through conflicts one at a time better but developing a healthy approach to conflict resolution yeah like if you don't know and again we're not marriage gurus we are just a couple reflecting on seven years yeah. so there's a lot for us to learn we understand that for sure but i think just looking at ourselves looking at our battles mm -hmm. and looking at people around us, mm -hmm. if you don't have a healthy approach to conflict resolution, that is the number one way that starts to undermine your marriage. Because conflicts are the most intimate and personal, some of the per most personal moments. Yeah. Because when you're wounded, when you feel offended, you're hitting on the deepest nerves raw nerves of your life yeah so in those moments when you're wounded if you are not understood in those moments you have the greatest potential to feel misunderstood in general right right yep like because if that's your most like painful sensitive. difficult yeah sensitive moments in your marriage and if in those moments you are not battling through walking away both of you feeling understood and connected that is either creating a wedge over time of you feeling more and more misunderstood and more and more distant mm -hmm. or the opposite those are the moments where you are really getting into each other's soul 
fighting through stuff, working through stuff, fighting your own impatience, anger, pride, and understanding, really understanding some of the deeper fears or pains of your spouse. Yeah. Like you, you know, you don't, you don't dig into these deep parts of each other's heart on an ordinary level, you know, on a normal day over breakfast. Yeah. Usually it's in conflict that that stuff is exposed. Exposed, yep. And then, and then it's, it's all out there and, and the way you clean it up, the way you choose to clean up one another's pain or deal with or respond to messes one another's messes um can determine how your entire marriage unfolds in the next few years that every time you go into conflict and i think i think we've always said this from the beginning um we're more on the side of I mean, for me, Talking I don't know. Um, be willing to fight it out, and I'm not saying yell at, yell at one another. I think fight it out is not a great word. <laughs> fight it out, as in like have a showdown, hash it out. Be willing to stuff. to go there, and knowing it's gonna hurt, knowing it's gonna be painful and difficult, and you're gonna expose one another's sin. I think if you prioritize um self-control if you prioritize loving the person in the conflict being godly in the conflict Mm -hmm. if you don't have your weapons out to attack one another if that's a huge priority during conflict then go ahead and go into it i think so many people are afraid they avoid going into the hard painful places and then years go by and they still haven't dealt with it and Mm -hmm. i think we have from the beginning been more about let's just go there and maybe part part of it is just you're, it you're very persistent in your or maybe <laughs> your is, conflict style makes because different people have yes. different conflict yes. styles we'll get to that in a minute yeah but even if you're more withdrawn or someone yeah. who has a harder time i think prioritize um talking through stuff. going through that hard don't walk away from it don't avoid it it's gonna come up worse right. next time it's better to work it out than to just say this is too painful Let's yeah. just not go there. This is a spot where I'm going to close the door in my on my heart, and you can't you can't go into this spot in my right. life. That's not going to ever help your marriage <clears throat> get stronger. And I think that's why for me, I'm always all about when I say fight it out. I'm saying in a godly, self controlled, loving way, which is really right. hard to do, really hard to do. But have a throwdown. <laughs> yeah, and what you we know mean, what I mean, yeah, but what you mean by that is working through stuff. So. And I think like not, I'm thinking of the wrong word. That's not how you say it. Yeah. Like Edit I think that, that you can have like minimizing styles of conflict resolution where you kind of minimize stuff and move past it. You just both say and I'm sorry I'm not and you don't say, dig. And it doesn't and like I think genuinely there's some people that have this kind of approach in their marriage and it's not like they don't hold grudges. They love right. each other. They yeah. have great marriages. Great. Like not I'm not saying that they're like problems. No. But I think still, to me, it seems like it stunts the growth of your marriage. The, the growth depth of it. Of depth it lowers of the love ceiling. and understanding and um, trust, you yeah. know, when yeah. you don't work through stuff. Because ultimately, guys have the temptation. Us guys, we don't want to we want to feel respected and heard. We don't want to sit and listen. And yeah. we don't want to take the position. It's really hi- hard for a guy, I think, to take the position that uh, 
okay, instead of defending myself, like and proving how I'm right and she's just being emotional, because that's really what we think 90% of the time, mm-hmm. um, maybe there is something I'm missing here. Like in all of her emotions and anger, maybe there is something she's trying to say that I actually haven't caught on and I haven't actually understood. Yeah. Like giving yourself that doubt helps you just learn to listen a little better maybe. Um, And also I think a huge component here is just, I know this is a big thing for guys. I don't know how much it is for girls, but um, not taking yourself super seriously. Like we get so offended with like the dumbest things because we just protect our pride so much, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, at first you're you're you you you're always taking yourself so seriously you're so upset or worked up whatever can't believe she said that can't believe she did that and then you like over time you kind of get into this routine and you're like you're dude you're so ridiculous like i have these conversations inside my head like oh look at you you're so you're you're so hurt you're such a wounded like come on like it's not that big of a deal first of all whatever she said and however bad it hurt you know she loves you a lot and and more likely she's trying to communicate through her pain, but she's trying to say something. She's not trying to tear you down. Like most of the time your spouse isn't trying to tear you down. They're maybe hurt. And it's not the same thing when someone's hurt and they're reacting mm-hmm. and thinking that it's about you. You know, like right. th- yeah. I think that's another thing that I've like learned over time. It's like I like all you're if you're upset at me and you say something or do something and then I just like engrossed in this world of like look at me like I'm misunderstood I'm not respected or I'm like this this, me 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 when it's like dude wait you did something back there that actually hurt her and she responded out of you're not the point here yeah it's not she's not really like she's not really she's not really focused on tearing her husband apart today yeah yeah. She's just hurt and she's expressing that in some, sure, she's wrong in her emotions or whatever, you're wrong in how you're saying it, but it's not like about you. Your your spouse most of the time isn't trying to tear you down. They're they're just communicating through their pain yeah. imperfectly. Right. But it's not really about you. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Stop thinking you're at the center of everything. Right. And that I think helps you kind of. That's not easy for everyone to be, to, to downplay the hurt they experience out of their spouse's anger that might come out yeah because in the spouse they might be like well i was just hurt and so i was emotional and i spoke out of anger and i didn't mean it in the way you took it right but it still hurt the spouse so it's really hard i think for some people for all of us to like put that in that category like this wasn't an intentional yeah like swing at me this was a coming out of an emotional response to something i did that hurt Um, but I think when, for me, what's been so huge and how you, from the beginning have taken this position of every time I'm trying to explain whatever it is that I'm hurt by or whatever, you listen. And I know it's not always easy. And I talk a lot sometimes for a very long time. In a way that makes my job easier than other husbands whose wives are not as talkative, but yes. Every marriage is different. Yeah. But, um... I think it's not easy husband, to listen, but the fact that you s- are saying what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry, but when the husband ahead. is when the husband is um, taking that position of, okay, I want to understand. I, I see that I don't understand you fully right now and I want to understand and I want to perceive what you're explaining. I think just that position will take away like 
60% of any conflict when yeah. the other spouse, whether it's the wife or the husband, takes the time and says, okay, I want to understand. Help me understand. And don't assume you understand because you've been married for 10 years. Right. Or, what you know, like I know her and I know what she's saying because she said this before. Yeah. I think that is so helpful in any conflict. Um, even if the wife is being immature, even if she's being emotional, even if there is the way the husband responds to her pain or difficulty or struggle if it's okay i see you're having a hard time and i want to understand um rather than like you already i already know what you're experiencing i you're just you're fine labeling it as don't worry about it i already know you've you've done this before and that kind of assuming you already know and not taking the time to listen at least for me yeah that has been so helpful when you've generally always taken that approach just to hear well, me and out. For me, like figuring that out was about figuring something else out. It was about figuring out that there's a massive difference between thinking that I understand you mm-hmm. and you feeling that I understand you. And you might already understand massive me, difference. Yep. but I need to feel yep. like you do. Yeah. So yeah. many situations early on, I would think in my head, okay, I know why she's upset. This is exactly what she's going to say. This is why she, you know. Right. But, like I can map yeah. it out. Yeah. But you in that moment feel alone and misunderstood. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much I understand you in that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing any good with my level of understanding because I'm not communicating to you, hey, I love you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I understand you. Mm-hmm. That is a whole separate act. Right. That act yeah. of communicating, I understand you. And so, mm-hmm. so I think that, like it seems like maybe this is cliche, but I think it's super true is guys ultimately need some sense of trust and respect and girls crave women crave that sense of understanding and love and love and yeah presence right like i i accept you and i love you no matter how intense this conflict is mm-hmm. i i hear you i accept you i love you that like that calms the waves yeah for sure like nothing else yeah but that is a whole separate job yeah. to help you feel understood and so in our marriage i feel like it's kind of easy for me because i just need to listen you know the first section of the conflict i need to learn to just let you communicate what you're upset about and have the po- posture of like there might be something i'm missing yeah and just so, listen and, and even sometimes the way that's you like ask questions. as i'm swallowing my pride and anger yeah but like at doing the act of love even when you don't feel the emotions of love. Right, yeah. And 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 letting you listen. And actually, lots of times, you explaining whatever it is, it helps calm down my foolish emotions and make me think, man, I am so glad I did not say what I was thinking mm-hmm. and what I wanted to say. I am so glad I didn't say that. Yeah. Um, but for other marriages, this might be difficult because the wife, her response, her conflict style is not to talk. Her conflict style is to clam up. Right. So yeah. other 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 you know wives might be different. So I can imagine if you were like that, it mm-hmm. would be very difficult for me because that's my style of of, of responding to conflict. When I get yeah. upset, I clam up, clamp down, close down, yeah. withdraw. Yeah. Because I feel like my pride has been hurt. You know, like and so I need to like retreat. Right, and I think um, that's where understanding one another's conflict styles is so huge because 
when you already when you when you can register like okay she's really upset because at this point she just yeah she's not just ignoring me because she's so angry she can't talk to me it's she's hurt and she just needs a minute to be alone and i think if you understand that that's your spouse's conflict style um you can give her that space right you work through it it's a dance needs like give her the time the space that she needs and um i thought it was so interesting i never even really heard about conflict styles but um what are they again it's like um the escalator the one who like just escalates everything explodes and the littlest things become way more big yeah and then there's the one who is the withdrawal withdrawer who just compromiser not the compromise i think it's um, withdraw withdrawer and then there's the um the person who downplays everything like it's not that bad oh it's not a big deal it's not a big deal invalidate invalidation person who just like why are you why are you making a big deal out of this i yeah. didn't even say anything yeah. and then there's the negative interpretation person who everything is interpreted in a negative light yeah. and it becomes more you and said more. this but this is what you meant right um i think when we know one another's tendencies and when we're upset we all tend to act a certain way mm-hmm. and whether that means your spouse needs some space or because for me that's the hardest thing and if i'm upset if you just kind of walk away or don't say a word you know for me that's even like i need to talk it out right away well and sometimes i need space so i'm like the withdrawal type person and but it's never super long it's not like i need a day so like if we're upset and i i know that my frustration is bubbling over and if i'm gonna start to talk to you right now Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna be productive i'm just gonna pour our gasoline on fire like yeah it's not gonna be helpful right and so for me just to take time a little bit i don't know it's different you know some yeah. sometimes it's an hour sometimes it's, it's five ten minutes yeah but when i'm alone it, it, i'm not alone i'm like in the presence of god like you know mm-hmm. you're never escaping god and so right. you're just like i'm so upset look she wounded me no 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 and god like the holy spirit like convicts you and be like oh look at you poor thing like it's not that it, it's it's not that big of a deal is what I realized. Like yeah, um, I'm not really that wounded usually. Right. I'm 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 still very blessed. I I lo- God loves me. Christ has saved me. I'm a child mm-hmm. of God, and I have an amazing wife and a family, and a relationship with my wife. That even if there's tough moments, it's so amazing. And so like. When I start to bring all my frustrations to God, I realize how ridiculous I'm being and how ridiculous, how I'm amping up the situation. And then it's easier to come back and be like, hey, I'm sorry for getting upset. Yeah, and I've had to learn to give you that minute or whatever, however long you need, because then once you've had it, you've always come back. I think- um, But it's it's not just, a passive process like right. we understand each other's conflict styles and mm-hmm. it's a dance like we work through it based on what we know in each other there's this constructive way that moves the conflict forward rather than stagnate right yeah it has to be progressive so if if you leaving the room and needing time is gonna progress the con- like right. progress the resolution yeah then it's good but sometimes there's a door slamming or what like for people and then it, it's because for me, if I just wait longer, I just sit in those negative emotions longer and they get worse and they escalate yeah. in my heart. So for yeah. me, I need to immediately, that's when I'm most self-controlled is when when it happens and I can immediately express like, hey, that felt, 
that was kind of weird what like what happened that in the initial moment not always i had to learn sometimes mm, like okay yeah. i need to calm down too yeah. <laughs> you, you've taught me that too like take a minute before you speak think but about I think, what you're saying i think if i just sit for two hours in my emotions it just oh, i yeah. i interpret negatively i become that conflict style when i just i'm like okay, yeah and for me it's the total to me. opposite literally like if i if if i'm like upset and i like went to work and i'm driving to work and i'm thinking about it it's just like the fog settles the emotions mm-hmm. settle and i just think how how foolish i'm being like even if she hurt me for real like if she might have hurt me for real it's like it's okay it's not that big of a deal like i can come back like god still loves me every day and forgives me no matter what i do like and he's given me an amazing wife and family and she is a gift and sure she hurt me in this moment but like mm-hmm. whatever yeah it's not worth burning anything down over that difficult that that painful word you said or whatever you know so for me that time the longer i go the more it's like okay let's let's resolve because i'm done i don't want right this, i'm done with this and like, that's your character i think that's your the way you work because i'm sure that not for other everyone, people it's opposite it would yeah. be hard to they just, just say oh, or they might just deal. brush it under and and right. like minimize it and never like, actually stop being come emotional back. or whatever as a guy i mean maybe some guys are just like oh just let it go but it's she's not just being really... emotional so she just needs to settle down and everything will pass yeah and that's how they deal with with it and i think you have to understand your own heart, your own tendencies, your your wife or your husband's tendencies, and try to really be an expert at their characters. Yeah. And and that um, that is a huge thing I think for marriage, just working through conflict, being willing to go there. Um, I just think it's unhealthy when there's just places in your heart that you do not allow your spouse this is a shut door we don't talk about this i think if there There's, is there should not be those no fly zones yeah or like oh we just have this we agree to disagree um i, I just personally don't think that's healthy. if you have an agree to disagree situation it means that it, this is an area where the husband has a conviction about something but he doesn't have the ability to convince, convince his them. wife that this is the truth yeah and that means that the husband needs to step it up learn and figure out what he's doing wrong get some resources figuring out either you're wrong in your perspective that you're trying to convict your wife or convince her of this idea or you need to learn to convince her better and bring the bible into it and and show her how you believe this is a biblical idea or perspective or that you hold like if if you just agree to disagree like sure, I mean you can have you you can have disagreement in areas where it's just pure preference. It's like oh, I prefer changing. mystery books and you prefer history books. That's sure. that's whatever. Right, that's yeah. not the same thing as saying, well, you know, I think that going to the theaters is a sin and you think it's not. Like and and we're just gonna learn to agree to disagree. That's yeah, not that's not, that's not healthy. I think that's yeah. dangerous. And I think as wives often. Um, women can be so stubborn in a sinful way where we're so convinced of our view and nothing will change our our opinion and i just think that's sinful i think as a wife no matter how your husband may not know very much and you feel like in this topic you know way more than him as a as a wife you're called to submit and to follow your husband so you need to always have a posture of an open heart to be willing to be convinced by him or follow his leadership even if you're not fully 
convinced in every single aspect like if my husband believes this is the direction of our family you should question him you should challenge him i think it's not like blindly follow him no matter what he says but have an open heart he's the leader down when you see him incompetent right but trying because i think a lot of times it is like the husband has for years tried to explain and 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 he's maybe not very good at convincing the wife but she just refuses to allow him to convince her in this area yeah. Because she's just so stuck in her ways. And then it's like years later and it's still, this is a don't touch this part of my opinion because we just don't talk about this. Um, I think the husband needs to learn to convince his wife, but also the wife needs to really have a heart of openness towards her husband's leadership. Yeah. And I think that's where respect comes in. That yeah. whole um, respect and love cycle. Um, if your husband doesn't feel respected in the way he needs to feel respected. Every husband is different. I think for you, I've had to learn what are the things that I do, the tones that I use, or the actions that make you feel disrespected. In my head, they might not even be a category of disrespect, but Mm -hmm. to you they are. And I had to learn that that makes you feel pretty crappy when I say that or this or, you know, and you Mm -hmm. had to communicate that to me. Mm -hmm. Because every person is different, every marriage is different. People have different love languages and you have to learn what is your spouse's specifics that if you can find any reasons to express respect and support for your husband's leadership it's only going to grow his leadership yeah so you 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 help him grow in his weak areas not by critiquing all his weaknesses but by helping fan the flame when he is trying to do the right thing you know, yeah. so it's not like, oh, you brush it under the rug. Oh, my husband doesn't ever lead. We don't ever pray together. We don't ever talk about God or anything. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. He at least he's like really good with like grilling meat and shooting guns. Yeah. Uh, okay. Those are great things, but don't downplay. But when you see that he's trying to do the right thing, learn to get in there and really support in whatever way that means for him. Like yeah. express trust, confidence in him. That's going to build his confidence. That's how right. guys grow we we grow when we respect and that's in guy friendships that's in guy relationships like we grow when we respect each other not when we cut each other down yeah um but i think the opposite for wives what i mean what i'm learning it seems like like we have to guys need to learn to really it's like to me it's like a mining operation like Mm -hmm. i i I need to understand all the contents like if it's a computer screen i heard this analogy a long time ago but it's like you know a guy is like there's like one tab open Mm -hmm. with 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 the with the with you know your mind it there's like 20 tabs that could be open at once which is like crazy to me like how do you even live like that i would go crazy but that's how you are. And so like my job, what I want to do is I want to, I want to, I just, I'm just as a, I think good leadership is not just about telling your wife what to do or, and what or to believe what to think or and what, what to, to think and what you're going to do. Like I'm the leader. I decided this is what we're doing. Like proper leadership in many ways is servant leadership in the Bible. And mm-hmm. servant leadership is like tending to the whole garden being it's, pre, it's about presence and it's about understanding and knowing and leading from the inside. Um, yeah. And that means that I'm always trying to f- learn what is on every single one of those tabs. Mm-hmm. And just to know everything. Yeah. Part Like if I can know everything that's in your heart, mm-hmm. then I can be present and speak into that stuff. And lead but, me in it. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if I don't know what's on your heart and your mind, um, I can't lead you through that stuff. Yeah. 
And that doesn't mean that I need to get into everything and correct you on every little thing. Yeah. Like stuff takes time. Sometimes you don't point something out right away. Like right. it's not time. Right. Um, but, you know, like I, I think when when people say, and again, I understand we're still young and we're still learning. We're not marriage experts. But when people say, oh, we're just not very talkative, um, I don't understand what that means because – um, sure, you can have different personalities that are less talkative. That is totally well, real. Well, I mean, I think people mean like not everyone is as talkative as you and me. I don't, sure, I sure, don't sure. think I've ever and met I a get that. couple more But here's talkative. the thing. Here's the analogy I use. It's like um, look at your friendships. Look at your best friendships, right, um, outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. You're never going to have an amazing friendship with a friend who you spend a lot of time with and you never talk. Yeah, that's Basically, true. Basically, the, the, the way you gauge a good friendship is really the kind of conversations the you have. The quality of the conversation. The quality of those conversations. A yeah. good friend is one that you talk about the stuff that you're most excited about, mm-hmm. and it's that friend that understands you. Yeah. It's the same in marriage. Marriage is friendship. For sure. And so if you don't have much deep conversations with your spouse just about life, about stuff that you love, stuff that interests you, that's not just, oh, that's our style of marriage. That's to me, that's kind of a that's a shallow marriage because marriage I just think is it's laziness. I think it you don't yeah, want to put in the work. Right. So for guys, maybe it's just, oh, she's like, you know, it's like they view their wife as a garden that there's so many weeds in there that I don't really want to venture in there. It's so thick, so much work. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You can't lead your wife if you don't know what's inside her. Yeah. But also the wife can't be led unless she invites her husband into her right. thoughts. And it doesn't mean like we all have different personalities. I think we have to kind of like make sure we are being clear on that. It's not that every marriage needs to have every single day full of nonstop conversation but i think as wives we need to invite our husbands into the area like the questions we have like what do you think about this or always sharing our thoughts from me i i understand that if i don't expose every part of my like myself to him i am closing that part off from god working through him to teach me to guide me to shape my opinions and the more I just expose, even when I'm like, I don't, it's probably not right, but this is how I'm feeling. Or it's probably not a, a good thing, but I'm wondering about this. Like always bringing it into the light in our marriage so that he could then comment on it so that we can become more unified. Like he can then, or we can at least um, challenge one another and become, come to a more compromised unity about certain topics Mm -hmm. because i know a lot of times it's like oh i don't really know what we think of that or like if you don't know what your husband thinks about very big things and you don't talk through it i think that's that's an issue that like well you should be on the same page yeah because if you have kids you're you're teaching them something right so if you if you believe different things on different subjects you're going to be teaching your kids two different ways of living life or like you know like church um the way church works or the way church is structured or like ministry for me i i really hesitate about my opinions and i really lean on trusting you to help me formulate correct opinions about church ministry and theology and 
I don't think like, well, this is what I think. And then I don't know what my husband thinks about it because a lot of wives are like, oh, that's just the husband's world, theology and church ministry. So they don't even dig down into that. Their husbands don't invite them into a deeper understanding of why do we have church um, discipline? Why do we have church rules about this, about that? They don't really talk about it. And then the wife was like, I don't really know what goes on and church ministry i don't really know the theology of what what our church believes or you, you know right. those kind of things because it's like well my husband doesn't really talk to me about that because that's his world and this is my world my world is washing dishes and kids and his world is so different yeah you can't live in two different worlds and not intermingle and not know each other's worlds right, right? so i think that the husband needs to dig the husband needs to ask good questions and mm-hmm. be interested in her hobbies and her passions even if it's boring you know like wives are into things that might maybe husbands are not into um but encourage the wife and her like for me like homemaking is so huge i love just i'm so passionate about that and and you you encourage me and you're into you care about like the new recipes i'm trying and the decor or the new craft i'm working on not to the point where you're gonna stand over me and watch how i'm doing and ask how what the stitches on the crocheting blanket that i'm doing but you're like, oh, cool, that looks nice. Or, you know, like you, you're interested. Take an active approach to each other's interests. Yeah, and I I need to always invite him in and, and speak my mind and learn to invite him into all the parts so that he can comment on them. So yeah. I, at least I know what he thinks. And this is an ongoing process over years because even if you're close at one point in life, you can fade apart. Oh, yeah, You can drift apart. Sure. So it's like you're always, we're always becoming new people because we're growing through life. Yeah. And we're always continually reinviting and reconnecting with each other as we grow. But I think, you know, to kind of finish off of what we started with, this whole thing that we're just talking about, it leans on the idea of a husband specifically and also a wife, obviously, both. But it's, it starts with a husband who is curious spiritually and biblically and who is growing actively himself Mm -hmm. because if the husband's spiritual life is a swamp then he has nothing to pass on to his wife he has no journey to invite her into he has no biblical perspective to shine into her challenges Mm -hmm. um and and he if she knows more than he does about something he has no ability to contribute to those conversations he's a stagnant pool spiritually or he's just kind of introverted into his own little world like work guys and then like my hobbies like whatever Mm -hmm. it is i do you know work Mm -hmm. in the garage or like i don't know golf or whatever guy different people do like the 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 guy as the leader in the family has the primary responsibility and it's not that you're the one who provides all the spiritual life no you are the connection to the fountainhead who is christ Mm -hmm. like all you need to do as a guy nine eighty percent of your work is seeking christ actively and growing in him and you're gonna have things to say and then passing it on to your family and saying family come along to the journey like we're, we're all following jesus we're all on this road together our, our family life is a journey of pilgrims on the road, you know? Yeah, for sure. Not everyone used to be reading Wayne Grudem every night and then teaching the wife, like wife sit it's down. Not, yeah, it's not about being it's a theologian. It's just pursuing Christ and, and, and taking your wife's hand and saying, come with me. I think that's a wife's joy when she sees a husband pursuing Christ, even in the smallest ways. Right. They're glad to follow because right. they see that sense of leadership and 
they'll they'll grow in trusting the husband because he's pursuing christ yeah and that's what makes it new and exciting every day because you're not providing the newness and the excitement it's the holy spirit who is making you into a new person who is he he is in your soul as a christian the holy spirit dwells inside you to make you more like jesus to teach you to experience life through the the life of jesus through his mind his emotions his will his purposes his desires and like you're learning that and then you're just sharing that together and that's really fun yeah um and that and that enables that i think that steady stream of grace is what enables you to work through conflicts together right like if you don't have that steady stream of grace like you're gonna get in a conflict and you're just like you sink like it's a it's a mud it's, it's a, a dead mud. end almost. Yeah, you just sink in the mud. Like there's no power continually moving you forward. Uh, but if there is a stream of grace in your life through Christ, through your fellowship with God, like even if you're in the deepest conflict, like you can't stay there. Right. Because you come back to a savior who forgives you every day. He yeah. he, he he showers you with blessings every day, even though you're wicked lots of times. Right. And like you can't just be like, well... Jesus forgives me, praise him. I'm so happy, but my wife, she's so rotten and terrible and like I don't want to be with her anymore. Like yeah. that's absurd. That's impossible. Yeah. If you're experiencing Christ, his grace will just force you out of your sin. Right. And yeah. your pride. Yeah, and I think it should lead to um a apology or asking of forgiveness of one another because we all mess up. Right. If you're not married, you will get married and you will see right how much you mess up how quickly you are to get annoyed and frustrated and just you know your sin will come out and i think before in our early marriage we kind of we we apologized but it was more like uh i'm sorry i didn't mean it and then later as we grew i think we need to learn to apologize and ask for forgiveness like in specific ways because when you do in a specific way mm-hmm. you identify you, you yeah. take you say ownership sorry for the specific things sin. you did so even, say please forgive me not just like i'm sorry i didn't mean to hurt you it's like please forgive me for hurting you in that yeah. way like i want to be better as a as a wife for you i want to love you better in this area and i know i'm weak here and if nothing else you can always as a guy even if it, she started the fight or whatever you think that you're so right you can always start with apologizing that you got upset like yeah i sure you were wrong and all those things but you know what i got mad at you and my anger against you i sinned against you inside my heart even i'm sorry sorry i got upset like i'm sorry i got mad at you like that's even a starting point you know to build that bridge and to move forward right and i think that also like touches a little bit on love languages like i think we both had to learn that the way we in my head i think i'm being loving and i think the way I would want to receive love is how I'm giving love, but that's not how you're receiving it because you have a different um, love receptor. Mm-hmm. It, that's a different kind of way. And I think with like conflict, um, for for some people, like for me, even if I'm very wrong, um, and I might even know I'm wrong, when you come and you say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, Obviously, it was unintentional, but something I did hurt you, and I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. Um, it doesn't mean you think that I'm right or that I want any argument. You just come in and say, I, I'm i sorry I made you feel that way. And that's, for me, instantly like, okay, wow. 
then we can work through it rather than like until I see how I'm wrong I'm not going to apologize mm-hmm. even though I still think we all have all five of those love languages it's not like I'm only this way and you're only that way mm-hmm. but the way I try to love you a lot of the time is the way I want to be loved mm-hmm. rather than the way you need to be loved in your way right and being aware of that I think is a big thing in marriage like having that awareness yeah that's you love well when you know what is it that makes the other person feel accepted understood embraced love yeah so but that and that's a learning process yeah and that takes a long time i'm still like always trying to tell myself like just because this is how i want to feel loved doesn't mean like the more i'm pushing that kind of love on you that's not necessarily going to make you feel loved yeah yeah for sure well happy anniversary to us yay seven years and counting and we'll probably do another one in a year (laughs) of these of these episodes but um let us know what you guys think you guys may have some uh, follow-up thoughts questions you know uh probably the biggest place where we're kind of active on this podcast thing is instagram um and so follow us there let us know share this episode if you think it was helpful uh check out well-said.org that's kind of i post articles on there regularly and if you wanted to keep this little boat afloat you can help pitch in a couple bucks there it's a little support link um just help cover costs and keep this thing going um thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you again soon